I think what I've, I've come to learn is that I don't need to have this like perfect final chapter written in order to have a lot more meaning and peace and joy in my life. And so not waiting for like that moment, holding my breath for that moment where I'll finally have it all figured out. I think it, it lets me breathe a little bit easier. And I also think that it lets me um, dig a little bit deeper. That was Maris Degener. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yogi Misfit Sessions. Danny Pomploon here, I am your host. Today I've got my, I call her my little yoga sister, uh, Maris. She is, hey Maris, we love you. Uh, she is an incredible human being, uh, introduced to me a few years back, uh, and we did a charity event together, which is super cool. Uh, Maris has gone on a wild ride. I actually had her when I first started uh, the podcast um, as a guest, um, and uh, we recently had her back. She's gone through some pretty cool life transformations. She had um, a documentary that came out on Netflix, um, and she, I mean, is just a powerhouse and really a leading voice in uh, vulnerability and, and really leaning into trusting your inner teacher. We get into a lot of that today in in practice or in our in our uh, in our talk um, in our combo, and yeah, she's just super inspiring, super wise, and it's really um, Maris. I'm so glad we get to get you back on the show. We're, we're so lucky to have you um, around. Um, quick announcement for you guys: I launched a yoga app, woohoo! And you can now. Uh, listen to the podcast on said app for free. There's also a ton of other classes on there for free, and then there's some premium content. You can go check it out. Um, if you want to check out the actual um, app, you can head over to the iTunes store and search just the name Danny, D-A-N-N-I. You can also do that over on Google Play, or you can do Danny Yoga or Danny Pomploon Yoga, but it'll pop right up. There's a free version of it. Uh, there's also some premium content, but the podcast is also located there now, so we'll be uploading all the episodes every week. Um, you can kind of have everything at the palm of your hand. You can take me in your pocket. Hey-o. Um, anyway, that's enough babble. Big shout out to our friends over at SF Yoga Magazine. Uh, and of course, if you love the show, Head over to iTunes, leave us a review, and uh, head over to the podcast support page. That's dannypumploon.com slash supports, and uh, show us some love. Here goes session 115 with Maris Degener. Hi, Maris. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for letting me come back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's one. It's so good to to, to have you back on. Um, and two, I wish uh, I'm probably going to post the picture, but when I saw you at the Lululemon photo shoot, <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much just picked you up and was like, "Mine." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see who it was. You came up from behind me, and I was like, "Who is it?" And then I realized it was you, and I was very happy to get to see you. Lo and behold, here we are. <laughs> So I was, um, you know, as I was digging back through some of the archives, I, um, I was looking, you know, just when I first started the podcast and I didn't really think that the podcast was going to go where it's at today. Like I had no clue that it was going to be where it's at. And, you know, you were one of my first guests, you were guest number 13. My lucky number too. (laughs) 
Is it really? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, no. statistically speaking, I wasn't supposed to make it past episode 15. And then here I am at like episode 100 and something. So wow. not so bad. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I've been keeping uh, really close tabs on you as a uh, self-proclaimed older yoga brother. Um, <laughs> and just seeing your journey and seeing your growth and seeing, you know, everything that you've been doing. And I feel like you, Maris, you know, just you've just blossomed so much into yourself over the last couple of years and, and, you know, just being able to sit back and watch it. I'm, I'm one, I'm super proud of you. I want you to know that. Um, and two, like just your messaging and what you're communicating has been brilliant. The way that you're sharing. So, you know, authentically and, and also, you know, vulnerability that we use that word a lot these days, but you really are just 100% out there. So let's, let's catch up. Where have you been? Uh, what's been going on since the last time you were on the show almost two years ago? Yeah. I mean, gosh, where was I two years ago? Actually that episode we recorded when I was living in the dorms as a sophomore mm -hmm. in college. And yeah. uh, right now I'm in my last like two months of college. I'm going to graduate really soon. So a lot of life has happened <laughs> in between. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I guess in, in the meantime too, I mean, we, we finished making the documentary and it went on a little film festival circuit and ended up on Netflix. So I feel like it's in like, it's, it's ultimate chapter. <laughs> it made it to yeah. where, you know, it's accessible and it's out there. And um, now I'm just kind of moving forward from that and seeing what life is like, after you tell the whole world all your secrets. <laughs> right, totally. So let's talk a little more about the documentary because I know we, we talked about it, um, you know, like way before you had started working on it. Break it down for us. Like what ended up coming through and what, how did it, you know, how did it all come together? Yeah, so the, the documentary is basically my story. And we wanted to tell one story about healing from mental illness to provide a source of hope to folks who might be struggling or to folks who might not know that recovery is possible, that a mm -hmm. fully fulfilling and happy life, even when experiencing mental health challenges, is entirely possible. And mm -hmm. so it, it follows my struggles with anxiety and depression and uh, eating disorders. And it's just a, a really honest but hopeful portrayal of, of what that's like. And it also weaves in my experiences with finding the practice of yoga and how that was really a source of healing for me. And so, you know, for, for, since, since you were working on it till now that it's come out, how has your yoga practice changed and your teaching changed because of the story and because it's been out? So it's, um, it's been a very interesting experience to have folks who, um, didn't practice at the studio I teach at before the film, but have seen the film, uh, come and practice with me. Because uh, it's like, you know, when you're a name on a schedule, you know, folks might wander in, take your class, not know much about you. Um, but having someone who knows so much about me um, come in and share with me that they know my my background. Um, at first, it was a little overwhelming. It's it's pressure to know that someone knows so much about you, but you don't know anything about them other than that you're sharing this moment together. And so I think that it became this really powerful chance to um, set aside the story for a moment or to set aside, you know, all these things that I have um, kind of built around me as my outward story and to just drop whatever that is and be able to really be in the present moment and be there with students and to hopefully, um, yes, acknowledge that all these things have happened in my life and they've 
become a part of who I am, um, but also recognize that the person who's portrayed in the film is like a teenage version of myself who in some ways doesn't exist anymore. And so we get to share that little time travel experience together. And it, it has become a, in my experience, a way to connect a little bit deeper with my students. Do you, do you feel like your messaging when you're teaching has changed because of it? Or do you think it's still the same and the voice is just growing and changing? I think it has evolved and it's evolved because Mm -hmm. as I've had these experiences with folks reaching out because of the film, you know, I've become very aware of the influencer culture that exists and that in many ways is intersecting with the yoga world, especially as we're seeing, you know, folks sharing their teaching online or gaining a following on social media, Uh, you know, with any kind of power imbalance like that, it's very easy for it Mm -hmm. to become exploitative uh, in nature. Mm -hmm. And I became very aware of, you know, what kind of influence your word can have on someone who's in a vulnerable position. And so I, I realized that it was important to me to put a, an even greater, because it was already present, but an even greater emphasis in my classes on the fact that the students are their own teacher, and I'm not there to tell anyone what's right or wrong, or to pretend that I have all the answers. You know, I'm really there to help create a space for folks to do their own digging, maybe offer some suggestions along the way, um, but to really help uh, empower folks to empower themselves in that way. I think of um, that first thing that comes to mind when you say that is, you know, the the mantra Om Bolo Sweet Sat Guru Bhagavan Kai, which is the translation roughly. Um, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but roughly it's, you know, it's to our own inner guru, the truest guru in life, mm-hmm. right? It's basically, it's basic. It's the mantra is us reaffirming that our biggest teacher in life is always going to be us. We just have to lean mm-hmm. into that. And I think what you said is like super important because when people are in vulnerable positions, they seek out, you know, they look for hope. They look for, you know, that, I mean, you, we, we, me and you have both been there with, with addiction, you know, in one way, shape or another, but you look for that shed of light, you know, and it could be, it could be anything. It could be any person or whatever. And we don't necessarily, when we're in that position of power, like you're saying, whether you're you know, influencer or leading a class or any of, any of, any of those places, and you have people looking up to you, you really, you don't really have to, I think you have a choice that you can make to take the opportunity to, to hold the space in a way that's going to nurture mm-hmm. everybody and not come from an egoic place. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it's, um, I think it leads to a more positive experience for both the teacher and the student. Um, because uh, from the teacher's side, you know, there's the loss of the burden of perfection and having to have all the answers and be this all-knowing being. And on the student's side, I mean, you're able to to better connect with what's really meaningful and feels right to you because I've had that experience of kind of losing myself to whatever teacher it was at the moment that I thought had all the answers and in some ways it it led to me straying from what I know to be true in my in my own heart and so in in both ways you know when we're able to as the student and the teacher you know drop that that burden of perfection we're able to tap in in a new way what are some of the tools or practices that you, you know, what, I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of self-realization that goes into that when you're like, you, you, you get to lean in and you get to like, look at your stuff and then, you know, that, that own inner trust. What are some of the, t- the most potent tools and practices that, that got you there, that got you to, re- to remind yourself to, to tune in? I think that a lot of it has come from just voicing it really openly. And so speaking as a, when I'm teaching, you know, I, I talk to it very 
very directly and I say, you know, everything I'm offering is a suggestion that, you know, you can do whatever feels right to you in this moment. I'm just here as someone making suggestions and offering guidance. And I think that even as I'm voicing that in the position of the teacher, I'm hearing and processing it as a student because I'm, I'm always a student. I'm always learning as I'm teaching. And I think, you know, one of my teachers always says that the best teachers are the best students. And so always coming back to that learning mindset and being willing to learn from every moment, which by nature means releasing perfection, because if you're perfect, you're not going to make mistakes and learn from them. Um, I think that permission to be messy is the greatest tool that I have, because in that messiness, I get to learn. And by learning, I get to be a little bit more human. I love that. And that would be permission to be messy. (laughs) (laughs) I always think about how like, we're really all just pretending. That's what adulting is. You're just you're just walking around pretending. You know I know, what you're doing. and it's just I'm as I'm getting ready to to like graduate and in some ways leave this like kind of safe playground of college where you're supposed to make a bunch of mistakes. It's kind of like okay, like mm-hmm. I still am a human. Um, I don't need to pretend I have it all figured out. You know, um, I think it's something that is on my mind more and more, even out of the yoga room itself. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself continuing, you know, you know, with, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a lot that has come up from the documentary and, you know, just even as you continue to grow and evolve, do you see yourself continuing to do the work with yoga or do you think you're going to have you like, have you wrestled with what's maybe the next step or or what, I guess what's calling Mm. you next? Yeah, I think, um, this, this conversation right now feels like the equivalent to, the other conversation I'm having all the time, which is, are you going to go to grad school? (laughs) Um, (laughs) In a good way though. I mean, um, it's absolutely on my mind and you know, I, it's interesting because yoga has become so integral to the way that I see the world and the way that I interact with the world. You know, everything is seen through the lens of uh, the teachings. You know, I can't see something without Mm -hmm. framing it in terms of nonviolence or service. Um, but as I have gone through this journey, I mean, I, I definitely have grappled with what my place is in Western yoga culture. And uh, Western yoga mm-hmm. culture doesn't always um, fully acknowledge or respect where this practice comes from or the lineage of this practice. And so I think as, you know, the, the film gained some traction and, and more folks kind of had eyes on me, it became a really important moment to to pause and to really assess how I'm utilizing this platform. And I, to be fully honest, I feel like I still don't have many answers. Um, But I know that at the core of what's important to me is still service. And everything that I've done Mm -hmm. since I was a a teenager has been, well, I want to transform what felt like a lot of suffering into something that could be service and hopefully help someone else and maybe myself along the way. Um, And so I know that that core is still there. And I know that I'll never erase the role that yoga has played in my journey because it has given me so much. Um, But I am, I'm open to, to basically asking how can I best be of service now and how can I do the least amount of harm in that process? It's funny that you, I mean, there's a few points, um, you know, it's, you know, you don't really know any of this Mm. stuff until you know it. 
and you kind of have to go through it until you know it and whether you know you're 35 and you know running a podcast or you're in your 20s and you know graduating you know college or whatever it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where the ages or whatever it's just through the own process and i've said recently maris a lot i've been talking it just whatever evolution or whatever it is that's in the air or whatever that is that i'm processing i just now 10 years later at the age of 35 and teaching i'm just starting to understand mm. the yoga like just barely i think for the last you know 10 years i was teaching what i thought my rendition of yoga was you know and i had kind of like a really good idea of like oh yeah this is it i'm doing the thing i'm going to go and study the anatomy and like i'm going to teach the anatomy but I'll just use that as an example, right? Like I, I learned movement so well, like that's what I dived into. And then I realized recently, literally in the last like month, like I now understand why I'm bringing awareness into the feet. And it's so that people can pay attention to one thing and really laser focus. And once they dive in and trust in their laser focus, right? Or settle into their body, that then gives them permission to explore further within. And I had no idea. Like I had no idea why I was teaching this stuff outside of like, yeah, this is what, this is how we teach yoga, right? This is, this is what you do. And so it takes, you know, whatever process it is, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, going through something or not going through something, but kind of similar, like I'm more inclined these days to uh, move the body. Yeah. Asana is a part of it, but letting the people that come to class have the experience Mm -hmm. and supporting that space and, and, and not, not even having to do the yoga anymore, but sitting back and just letting it be and letting people be and letting them express themselves in, in the way that they need to. And I just, I, you know, as you're saying this, as you're like, you know, you're talking about service. I, I literally was two nights ago, I was telling my buddy, I was like, I, you know, I, I think I've finally come to terms that like my lifetime, like what I'm, it's, I'm, I'm here to serve. And he's like, you've always done that though. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I knew that. And I was doing it charity events and da, 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 whatever. But like, now it's like in every fiber of my being, there's this awakening in every fiber of my being that this is what I'm here to do. And the way to do that, you know, kind of just pulling it back in is to remind people that it's mm-hmm. inside of them, you know, in, I mean, there, there's so much information in the world. There is so much information in the world. We have everything at our fingertips, right? You can just push a button and then you get any, any answer that you want. And yet we're so inundated with information, information, information that we're starving mm. for wisdom. You know, it's, it's, it's inside, but we just have to, you know, reawaken it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that hits all the points, doesn't it? It's, I mean, exactly. And especially with, you know, <laughs> Um, I don't, I'm never someone who's trying to demonize social media, like clearly it has done a lot. And I think that it can be a really powerful way to connect people. Um, But it also has this culture of like, you know, just go to other people for the answers, like mimic their exact lifestyle, mimic their exact journey um, without recognition of the nuances between the human experiences and even things like the social environment you're in or what resources you have access to. Um, that it can be really hard to recognize that, yes, you can learn from others and we should have shared experiences, but at the end of the day, like your journey is your own and playing that comparison game or giving yourself up to someone else entirely, um, it can start to tread into really dangerous territory. Say more to that. Like, you know, when you, when you, when you give to someone entirely versus, versus trusting and leaning in on you. Mm. I think that, 
you know, there's this tendency right now, at least from what I've experienced or what I've seen to like Mm -hmm. find the one thing that's the answer and to really wrap an identity around that, whether it's like the latest diet or like the latest thing that's being sold. And when you're someone who's in a position of influence and you're sharing this thing that has truly, you know, meaningfully had an impact on your life, um, it can easily come across to someone else as like, oh, that's just, that's the magic thing I've been waiting for. And it's mm-hmm. in many ways, it can feel safer or easier to attach onto that thing than it is to stay in that hard, challenging inner work. And so in that in that process of kind of releasing your work into the answer for someone else, um, you can miss out on really powerful insights that only you can have um, to your own experience. Um, and so I think it's, you know, it's not anybody on an individual level's fault. I, I don't, I don't think that way. Um, I think that is just the the product of something that's designed to show highlight reels and easy answers. Uh, Cause that's just, that's what's easy to express. That's what, that's what's easy to share. Um, when in reality, we're always evolving. We're always finding new answers. We're always finding new things that are authentic to this moment. And that can be hard to present through like a simple caption or even a blog post. Right. That's really just like a small little, <laughs> that's like a small little taste of like what's actually out there. Mm-hmm. And what what's tr- the messaging that's truly coming across as well. It's, it's really just like the smallest little bit where I get tripped up is like when people start to find that guru mentality, you know, like this person is going to save me. This person is going to have the answers if I follow and da, 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 da. That's when, I mean, for me, when you're saying, you know, it, it hits, it, it, it hits pretty murky water. Like, I don't know, it can get really dangerous really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we're even seeing this, you know, in cases of exploitation and abuse and assault and like that might be on the extreme end. Um, but unfortunately it's, it's prevalent. And so I think mm-hmm. the the most important thing that we can do as teachers, right. Is to stay in integrity and with a full understanding that we're ultimately in what is like a study group setting. Like we're all learning together. Maybe I have some more experience in this area and I'll share my experience Um, But I never want to put myself in a position where I'm telling other people what to do um, or pretending that I have immense power over them to make them do anything or mimic whatever my experience has been. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. I think that, you know, and this is not to, I mean, not to demonize like people as well. I think that a lot of people maybe start um, or, or, you know, certain teachers, I think, maybe start um, with good intention and, you know, without like, here's what I, my answer to a lot of things has just always been just go back to the practice. Mm. (laughs) Like, Like it's like kind of like my easy way out of everything. But the truth is, you know, it is just go back to the practice and all your answers are there. When people start to veer off the path, when they're not truly in, um, in their own personal study, you know, like you said, you always have to be, you consistently have to be a student, right? If you're the moment that you stop learning, that's the moment that you've stopped teaching, Mm. you know, it's student, student first. And whether that's, you know, going and learning from someone or, you know, home practice is also like always your biggest teacher in the whole wide world. Um, but when we start to veer off studentship is I think where ego starts to come in because we're not, we're not consciously exploring, you know, or, or inquiring or even just, and that's not to say you have to go and like take a training every single time, da, 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 but just, you know, studying is, is self-inquiry, mm-hmm. right? Studying is, is out and pulling out a journal and be like, where am I at mm-hmm. today? You know, or what's going on or, or what triggers or whatever it is that's going on. I think that's where some of the, 
abuse can start to come in is when we stop working on ourselves and we start letting other people kind of infiltrate that personal work to beef our own egos mm-hmm. up. You know, so, so I always just, I don't know. I, I, when, when you say that, I, I just, I'm so reminded to just always come back to practicing over and over and over again. And to, there was this, I don't know if you remember, I feel like someone maybe in the last like nine months posted it, but there was like this pyramid and it was a, it was a little picture and it was like what a good teacher is. And then where, where we start to let ego come in and, you know, it was like a good teacher sees people eye to eye and level, not more than, or anything, you know, a a teacher that's coming into an egoic state is where, you know, a teacher thinks that they are above and they start to show off in class Mm. and, you know, they, um, uh, they talk like less powerful words to students and it just, you, you, we would think, you know, like what kind of teacher would do that, but it just happens mm-hmm. so much when we're out of alignment. Absolutely. And like the pressure exists to be that perfect teacher. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, especially when there's like attention on you or um, folks have shared that they've had a really positive experience practicing with you. Um, it can become easy to to feel that pressure and to want to put up a facade of like, well, I mean, people think I have the answers, so I guess I have all the answers. And and so like, I have empathy for that experience. And like, it would be silly to pretend that I've never felt that. Um, I think we sure. all have slipped into that from time to time. Um, but it really does come back to humility. And, and for me, it comes back to just being grateful for the practice and, and to be grateful that it is a lifelong practice and that it, it subtracts nothing from my teachings to to share that I'm always learning. It doesn't make me any less of a reliable source or any less of an impactful teacher. Um, it's just being open and honest about what this journey looks like, and it's constantly evolving. What are I, I guess when you know when you when you start to when you start to interact with these people that come up to you and, and start to. I have a hard time when students come up to me and they're like, Oh my God, thank you so much. I needed that. Like what you said, like really helped me. And, and, you know, like they just kind of like start, you know, beefing it up and whatnot. And, and for me, I'm like my go-to answer. I have a hard time saying one, thank you. Um, my go-to answer is always just like, you did the work. I was just standing there, you know, like, that's like kind of like, I, I guess not necessarily trying to deflect it, but also, being able to receive it. Does that no, make sense? Absolutely. And it, it's funny because as you started talking, I thought immediately <laughs> of one of my teachers who I'll hear oftentimes after class students come up and thank them and, and like talk about how amazing class was. And she always says like, Oh, you did all the hard work. I was just talking. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I just, I literally just walked around and maybe moved some bodies with my hands and then just said a bunch of words. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it is. It's challenging, right? Because you you don't want to attach too much to anything, right? You don't want to attach too much to like, you know, the bad Yelp review and you don't want to attach too much to like the super glowing, like you're amazing. Cause if you attach too much to either one, like that's, that's ego either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, I, I just try to be grateful, but I, I always try to, um, to just remind them that like they made the magic happen. Like, right. you know, as I, as I say at the beginning of every class, like I'm just making suggestions and so ultimately, like whatever magic you experience, like that, that's really from within you. And, and to see that they have that, that agency and that power, at least on their mat for that period of time, um, I think it can be a strong reminder for them that like, that's you. And it's, that's really amazing that you have that ability. What's your go-to answer? <laughs> Do you just say thank you? 
yeah, you know, a, a thank you and like you made the magic happen. You know, yeah. I think I think, you know, when students are sharing their gratitude, like in many ways, they just want to have an interaction with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know at, le- at least that's what it was for me. Like when I first started practicing, I was like 13 and way too shy to talk to a teacher before or after class, but I could say thank you. Mm-hmm. And to just acknowledge that what we had shared was really special and to like look them in the face for a moment and and, and really be seen by them and see them. Um, that was like, that was what I wanted. And so I, like, I think a thank you is, is enough. And I think sharing that moment of gratitude can be enough. Um, yeah, I really think it can be as simple as that. I love that. That's, that's actually, that's plain and simple. Just thank you and receive. And that's, it doesn't have to be anything more and it doesn't have to be anything less. Mm. What do you think? Oh man, man, this is a big question, Mara. So you ready for it? <laughs> Here it goes. What do you think is the biggest lesson your inner teacher has taught you thus far in life? Hmm. The million dollar oh. question. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I can think of the biggest, but I think the one that's that's most present for me right now. Sure. Um, it's probably that. I'm still human. Um, yeah, that I'm still human. And I think that, you know, maybe kind of naively, even if I didn't acknowledge it, um, even to myself when I first started practicing, I thought like, all right, I'll do this for a little bit. And then like, everything will just be fine. Everything will be smooth sailing. Like I, I had this thought earlier today, you know, cause someone asked me how long I'd been practicing and kind of on this path. And I thought about how long it'd been and I kind of jokingly said, I thought I'd be enlightened by now. (laughs) 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 And like, of course I didn't think, you know, that would, that would really happen. But I think what I've, I've come to learn is that I don't need to have this like perfect final chapter written in order to have a lot more meaning and peace and joy in my life. Mm. And so not waiting for like that moment, holding my breath for that moment where I'll finally have it all figured out. I think it, it lets me breathe a little bit easier. And I also think that it lets me um, dig a little bit deeper into the, the self-study work because it's, it's really hard to um, get to that messy, vulnerable state where you can really be in a state of inquiry when you're trying to find a perfect solution, when in reality, a lot of things exist in gray area and a lot of things exist within the context of really imperfect situations. Um, and so I think getting more and more comfortable. I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent comfortable yet, but trying to get more and more comfortable with that, that gray area and the, the not so perfect tidy answer. I think that has, um, that has taken me a lot further than trying to be perfect. 100%. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Here's okay. This is my last, what now in, in your practice are you working on? Like, what are you, when speaking of all this, like, you know, self-inquiry and like trusting your own inner teacher, where are you at in your, in your, in your learning? Where are you at in your, in your yoga right now? Is it physical? Is it space? Is it mental? Is it meditation? Like where, where is my, where is Maris at in her practice? I'm learning how to be still. (laughs) Don't do it. It's a trap. I'm (laughs) I'm learning how to be still because I, I've always been, you know, from a pure movement sense, like I've always been drawn to the really dynamic vinyasa um, and and that has in many ways served me and served my body. Um, but I've also recognized that one way that I, I cope with both anxiety and depression is just trying to like move faster than both of them. 
whether that's in my thoughts, whether that's in my physical movement, whether that's in my like Google calendar, <laughs> like just trying yeah. to move faster than actually feeling. And I've, I've recognized recently that it's, um, it hasn't been serving me to, to move that fast. And there are mm. things that I've been experiencing and things I've been feeling that I, I haven't been able to feel because I haven't sat down and allowed myself to feel them. And so I think mm. I'm learning how um, to be still without an agenda, you know, not to sit mm. down and be like, all right, I'm meditating now and like mark that off the calendar or like <laughs> Chat, check. <laughs> that in now, um, yeah. you know, but like learning to be still and just being like, if what this needs to devolve into is not a perfect meditation practice, but me just like crying on my floor, like that's okay. Um, mm. I think that's what I'm working on right now. Um, it's a lot harder than chaturangas for some reason. <laughs> oh my, are you kidding? <laughs> Give me 50 chaturangas any day sitting still for a little bit. I'm like, oh, totally, totally. I'm right there with you, girl. Like <laughs> it's pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, to say that your journey has been incredible is like one thing, but I, I really feel like it doesn't even, the words that I say won't do any of it justice. And I mean, if I hope you know, Maris, how much I adore you and, and love you from afar. And even though I don't get to see you all the time, but you will forever be like my self-proclaimed yoga little sister. Aww. And I'm always just like, it, you blow me away. Seriously. Yeah. Every single time I, I, I read something from you or I see a share, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, to see you blossom into this amazing human being is one thing, but to see how you share that and inspire others is another thing. You know, like as you're sitting here talking, I'm like, there's so many, I'm taking down, like I always have post-it notes every time I do a show because I want to talk about it in the show notes, but the wisdom that you have brought in by just being like, you're a clear example of the work. You've done the work, you're doing the work, you're consistently intrigued by the work. And that's so just prolific in, in who you are as a person. And I'm just, I'm really proud of you. Like really, really, really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Mm. <laughs> it's good to have you back on the show, Maris. Ah, it's so good to have you back. back and, <laughs> and thanks. Thanks for reminding us to, to trust in our own inner teacher and our own inner wisdom and to continue doing this beautiful work that we get to do today. Well, thank you for, for fostering these conversations. It's, it's so meaningful. It's so important. I think the, the more that we get to have them, the better the world's going to be. Mm, true, true. Until the next Yogi Misfit sessions, this is Danny and Maris saying peace out.